evolution takes another hit as Dr. Ray Boland describes in great detail the biology of human uniqueness, right now on Probe. As humans, we tend to think of ourselves as rather unique in the created order of things. As Christians, we understand ourselves to be created in the image and likeness of God. But what does this really mean? Certainly being made in God's image does not refer to our physical construction. God is spirit and therefore does not have a physical body. But God's plan from the beginning was to rescue us from our sin through the Incarnation, God becoming man. Jesus was and is the Son of God, Messiah, the God-Man. Therefore, it's not a stretch to suggest that the human body was designed from the beginning to be the unique earthly home of Jesus and His Spirit within us. Therefore, I suggest that our biological makeup is unique in the animal kingdom, since no other animal is made in His image. But what does this really mean? I'm going to borrow from several sources, principally Michael Denton's Nature's Destiny, to discuss the biological uniqueness of humans. The Discovery Institute is also in the process of producing a film series based on Denton's work titled Privileged Species, How the Cosmos is Designed for Human Life. Today we're able to point out numerous qualitative abilities in the human species found nowhere else in the animal kingdom. I'll discuss these in detail in the following days, but I'll provide a brief overview today to whet your appetite. First, I'll be discussing our unique intelligence. Humans' ability to think abstract thoughts appears to be absolutely unique. It's difficult to arrive at a selective advantage in an evolutionary sense to this type of thinking. So where did it come from? Second, and related to our intelligence, is our unique language capability. Most animals communicate with their own species, but no other species, including primates, actually use language. As toddlers, we accumulate language by simply being around it. Chimps and gorillas have to go through painstaking trial and error and still can't communicate as a three-year-old. Third, our excellent vision allows us to use our intelligence, language, and other capabilities to manipulate our surroundings in precise and advantageous ways. Fourth, our excellent manipulative tool, the hand, is unsurpassed in other primates. We have both strength and fine motor control in our hands, allowing us to combine a strong grip and delicate finger movements that allow a wide range of movements. This combined with our upright stance provides an ability to restructure our immediate surroundings as no other species can. We are also a highly social species which allows for quick distribution of ideas to everyone's benefit. And all these combine to allow us to be the only species to use and manipulate fire which brings a host of other unique abilities. This has been Probe with your host, Dr. Ray Bolin. Get your free copy of Ray's transcript, The Biology of Human Uniqueness, at probe.org. Then join us next time as we help you reclaim and proclaim the truth, God's truth, here on Probe. As I mentioned yesterday, our intelligence separates us from any other primate species. Our brain is three times the size of the brain of a chimp. But beyond that, the number of neurons and connections between neurons far surpasses any other mammal. Michael Denton cites that in each cubic millimeter of the human cortex are 100,000 cells, about 4 kilometers of wiring, 500 meters of dendrites, and about a billion synapse connections between neurons. We have 10 million more of these synapses than a rat brain. The size and scope of the human brain is one thing, but our mental capabilities are indeed unique. As mentioned yesterday, humans are capable of abstract and conceptual thought. No other primate exhibits any signs of this capacity. In addition, our mathematical reasoning is completely other compared to animals. You might suspect that some animals can count, but it's a learned response attached to reward. We don't really suspect the rat, horse, chimp knows what they are doing. When you stop to consider our appreciation of the arts, there is no place to go but humans. 
James Truffle is a physicist fascinated by biology and evolution. But when considering the arts, he says, no matter how hard I try, I can't think of a single evolutionary pressure that would drive the ability of humans to produce and enjoy music and dance. This has always seemed to me like a serious problem, perhaps even a more serious problem than that perceived by most of my colleagues. When we turn to language, our uniqueness is informed even further. Plants and animals all communicate in one form or another, but not by language as humans do. We communicate both new information and abstract concepts, something other species don't even approach. We possess the proper equipment to both produce and receive language and speech. There is also a social ability that can utilize the upper levels of communication. But we've heard about chimps and gorillas learning language. Kanzi, a bonobo chimpanzee, learned words and even symbolic use of a keyboard. Kanzi also learned through hearing, the use of new words. But that's where it stopped. To quote James Truffle again, if we take the claims being advanced for Kanzi at face value, where are we? We have a member of the most intelligent primate species, raised under special and unusual conditions, performing at the level of a human child of two and a half. But remember that in humans, real language begins just after this age. Then we have to conclude that even in this optimal case, animals other than humans cannot learn real human language. This week I'm discussing the biological uniqueness of humans. Previously I discussed the obvious uniqueness of our intelligence and speech. Today I'd like to introduce human features we can easily take for granted, our hands and our eyes. Ordinarily we don't think of our hands as being anything special, but just try to think of any other creature that can do the many and diverse things we can do with our hands. The closest match is the hand of a chimp, but chimp hands are larger, stronger, and even clumsy. Simple things like using all ten fingers to type, peel an apple, or tie a knot are beyond what chimps can do. Our ability to manipulate our environment with our hands is unparalleled. Using our intelligence, we even devise additional tools for our hands to further extend our mastery of the world around us. Full use of our hands comes about from our upright and bipedal gait, allowing our hands the freedom not found in any other mammal. Michael Denton, in his book Nature's Destiny, asks about the human hand, whether any other species possesses an organ approaching its capabilities. The answer simply must be that no other species possesses a manipulative organ remotely approaching the universal utility of the human hand. Even in the field of robotics, nothing has been built which even remotely equals the all-around manipulative capacity of the hand. But in order to even use our hands well, we need exceptional vision to be able to detect all the little things our minds notice to manipulate. Given the physics of visible light and the dimensions and molecular processes of detecting light in our eyes, the resolving power of the human eye is close to the optimum for a camera-type eye using biological cells and processes. Some animals, such as high-flying hawks and eagles, detect motion from far greater distances than we can, and some organisms see much better in the dark than we do. But for all-around color vision, detail, and resolution, our eyes seem to be the best there is. Combined with our highly interconnected brain, our upright gait for easily seeing straight ahead, a swiveling neck to see side to side, and our overall size, our eyes open up the world to us as for no other species. Developing science and technology, communicating to thousands and even millions through the written word, and simply exploring the world around us are only possible through our integrated use of our unique intelligence, social structure and speech, hands and vision. Tomorrow I'll pull many of these qualities together to identify one capability that truly separates us from all others, our ability to create and manipulate fire. 
As I've explored the biology of human uniqueness this week, I've focused on some of our individual capacities such as our intelligent speech, our amazing hands, and our unique all-around color vision. I've used throughout the wonderful book by Michael Denton, Nature's Destiny. Today I'm looking at one of our key distinguishing characteristics which combine all of these. Humans are the only biological creatures that have mastered the use of fire. If you think for a minute, every other animal has nothing but fear when it comes to fire. We are also fearful of the damage it can do, but we have also managed to harness it and use it. There are a couple of obvious advantages for the use of fire. First, it provides additional light after sundown that extends our activity into the evening. Second, fire provides additional warmth in the evening and allows us to venture into colder climates. Third, fire allows us to cook food, particularly meat, which is a very significant source of fat calories and protein. Cooking our food certainly distinguishes us from any other creature and has allowed us to add the necessary energy to fully use that big brain of ours, which is a major drain on our energy stores, even at night. But beyond these, if we never harnessed the energy and power of fire, we would not have been able to develop tools involving metal. Using heat to forge ever more powerful hand tools and weapons revolutionized human culture. Without fire, we could not have developed any form of chemistry, and especially the use of electricity. Electricity has revolutionized human existence. But how have we been able to do this? First, we need to take advantage of our intelligent capability for abstract thought and reasoning. As I said earlier, we too fear fire, but we need to be able to think about and be curious enough to not only rationalize that we might be able to harness its power, but that it would also be useful. This requires high-level reasoning. Denton also points out that for a fire to be sustainable, it needs to be at least 50 centimeters across or about a foot and a half. To create a fire of this size, we need our upright stance to walk the distance to gather the right amount and size of branches to create a fire of this size. So we need our upright stance, free arms, our hands, our discerning vision work together to allow us to create a sustainable fire. Therefore, the control and manipulation of fire requires a combined use of our unique biological capacities. Think about this the next time you sit around a campfire or grill your supper on a warm summer day. It's part of what makes us human. This week I've been focusing on aspects of human biology that make us unique in the universe of living organisms. I discussed in some detail our unique intelligence allowing us complex and abstract thought. We have a unique ability to communicate audibly and through a symbolic written word. These combine with our stereo vision and unique manipulative tool, the hand, to allow us sole possession of the ability to use and manipulate fire. All of these capabilities are made possible by several unique aspects of our anatomy. Humans have the largest brain of any primate species, but whales, dolphins, and elephants have larger brains. But size is not the main distinctive. Our human brain is structured like no other. If you were to open up just one cubic millimeter of our brain, you would find over 100,000 cells with 4 kilometers of cell wiring and 1 billion connections between neurons. Studies of our genome compared to chimpanzees indicate vast differences in non-coding sequences that influence the production of brain proteins. These changes are in the thousands. In 1999, famous MIT linguist Noam Chomsky reflected that the language organ of the brain approaches a kind of optimal design that it is in some interesting sense an optimal solution to the minimal design specifications the language organ must meet to be usable at all. Without our unique brain structure, we wouldn't be able to use language as we do. 
When comparing our skeletal structure to those of our supposed closest ancestors, there are major changes that would have needed to be accomplished in a relatively short time. Casey Luskin from the Discovery Institute does an admirable job digging into these differences and makes some sweeping conclusions. Numerous studies indicate that between the lineage of Australopithecus and Homo erectus, there would need to be significant changes in shoulders, ribcage, spine, pelvis, hip, legs, arms, hands, and feet. But of these major transitions, the fossil record is silent. Luskin also refers to a study by Durrett and Schmidt in 2007 that estimates that a single nucleotide mutation in a primate species would take six million years to become fixed. But what are needed are multiple mutations in multiple segments of the skeletal system and in the physiology of the brain. Human beings are far more unique than many have suspected. The more we learn, the more unique we become. Since humans are created in the image of God, we expect human biological uniqueness. Our biological uniqueness allows us to properly house God's image and ultimately provide the proper biological home for Jesus. We are special indeed.